Lift those hands if you're grateful for his presence tonight. Thank you for your mercy towards me. Oh, your loving kindness towards me. You don't lie to me. You don't go back on your word. Feels like I've heard it all, but I'm grateful that you don't lie to me, and you don't ever leave, and you don't change your mind on me.
back on your word. Anybody grateful? Come on, say. You don't go back. I know your friends did, but you don't lie. I know some of your parents may have lied, but you don't go back. No. Stay here until I die. But it's one thing for sure. 
I don't know about you, but I, I, I got to show some respect, not not only to myself, but I got to show respect to God, huh? Good morning to you. It's Monday, and uh, somebody said, well, <laughs> after yesterday and um, watching the game, uh, I, I, I'll get into that a little later, but right now we're going to give God praise, huh? Very pleasant. Good Monday morning. It's uh, February the 12th, 2024. On a beautiful Monday, and uh, those of you, if you're in Raleigh, North Carolina, they're speaking of a chance of some showers, some rain today, pretty much uh, heavy rain at times, so uh, be careful if you're going to get out today, and uh, make sure you carry your umbrella, uh, 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 you know, your rain gear, if you don't want to get wet. Now, if you, you know, you just want to feel the water, well, you know, well, that's you, but... Um, I advise you to uh, make sure you try to stay dry as much as possible so you won't catch a cold. All right. Well, look, I am so excited. Uh, On yesterday, uh, many of you were watching the Super Bowl game. And and, and to me, personally, it it didn't seem like a Super Bowl game to me. It's, it's, It's a little bit gone too far out, too far out. It's kind of like a lot of the things that's going on with the Super Bowl game at this day and time is taken away from the game. Now, one of the things that I noticed that was a change, and uh, I know a lot of you didn't understand it, and it really wasn't publicized, uh, and and all of the media to let the people know they changed uh, some things up uh, uh, right at the tying of the game, that some things were changed. They didn't do it right then, but it was changed uh, last year, they changed it right at the end of last year, uh, where you see uh, both of them would get the ball. Now, uh, it used to be uh, who had first choice of, of of getting the first points would win the game. So, uh, actually, uh, if you go back to the way it was, uh, you, you look at it, uh, San Francisco really won the game. So, if they're going to give them an opportunity to to get ahead, just like San Francisco was ahead, well, they should have won. But then they're going to give uh, KC an opportunity, then they, sh- they should have just let the clock play out. If they're going to make that rule and, and whatever, then they should go to the final clock of the game is, is, is at zero. That's the way it should be, and and the way that it was done, uh, it really turns a lot of people off. Um, The game, for me, after I seen that on last night, I I personally won't even get into any more NFL football. I'm I'm through with it. (laughs) I'm through with watching NFL football. I'd rather watch the NBA basketball. Now, that is for real. They, you gotta, you gotta make the basket, see, and uh, they, they, they are out there on the field, uh, on the court rather, uh, shooting the ball. Step Curry don't make no three pointers out there like that, uh, just throwing it up. He gotta make it in the basket. Now football's different, you know, and a lot of saw a lot of um, uh, San Francisco players one by one coming out, one by one coming out. But somebody said money, huh? <laughs> money. So when you start passing money, you got to realize where it was held at. The whole 
thing was about money, to be honest with you. They got to pay the players. And constantly, you know, you're seeing this pay increase on the players, the money. Somewhere the money got to come from somewhere. They ain't, they're not giving it away. <laughs> but anyway, uh, neither one of them is my team anyway. But uh, I, I, I prefer if they're going to play the game, if they tie up at the end of the fourth quarter, then whoever wins by field goal or touchdown wins the game. That's taken away from the game the way they did. Or they're going to continue to play the clock all the way out. I, I, it just turned me off. I don't want to see any more NFL football. Matter of fact, I subscribe for the NFL on my channel, but I'm having that taken off. I'm, I'm, I'm taking it off. I'm through with it. So if you hear me mention it again, just know I am through with NFL football. I don't know how many more of, of you out there uh, probably pretty much feel the same way. If you do, well, give me a call, 347-215-8049 on this wonderful Monday morning, and we are right at 20 minutes after the hour of 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, back with more gospel music. Very pleasant. Good Monday morning.
Right at 29 minutes after the hour, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, you're catching the wave, your number one quartet and contemporary Christian station in the world. I'm your host, the anointed one again. My pleasure. want to thank you so much. Now, look, those of you, we have some awesome men and women of God that's on this network that empty out to preach and teach the Word of God. And we are so honored to have them aboard the NFI team. And you know, when we all come together in unity on one accord and understanding what we're speaking and what we're saying, what we're believing, and who we believe. Come on, somebody, help me, Holy Ghost, huh? We, we, we all are centered to walk with the mind of Christ. And that's why he says, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And, and you know, the world is so polluted with a lot of negative things that's going on, a lot of gossiping, a, a lot of words that's being utterly out of the mouth of individuals that can literally hurt and harm you. And that's why the word let us know that the tongue is full of deadly poison. And, 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 and that's what it means, huh? It means that uh, you can literally um, hurt someone, uh, harm someone, or, or, or even destroy someone by your tongue. And, and that's why we need to understand that we have to be careful what we say out of our mouth. And if we love those people, if, if we love our brothers and our sisters, if we love those that we say we love and we care about. But if you don't love them, then you may say anything. Now, it it, it does not matter what position you're in um, for saying things negative towards someone, whether you're even in uh, a political field, a candidate, and, and and we know that listening over the media at different words that's being spoken over the media, uh, somebody said, is God in it? <laughs> well, I can tell you this. You're not going to hear God speak that way. And so many times people get caught up well, with the affairs of this society, the affairs of this world. And they get caught up with filthy lucas, and what that means is money. And it is the root of all evil. Money is the root of all evil. And, you know, money changes people's personality. Have you seen people that uh, they're able to get money, and, and it changes their personality? They get high-minded. They get to a point where they act like they're more than you, uh, uh, they act like uh, they don't know you anymore, uh, don't know uh, if they can speak to you or they are busy, uh, kind of push you aside. Well, uh, 
Those that's on this network is not like that. I, I know that for a fact. They they are out in the community reaching people, feeding them uh, food and, and, and sheltering them with clothes. And some of them, they are even putting them in places to stay, keep from being homeless. Now, that's what Christ is like. That's what he wants us to do. Because no man know the day or the hour when Jesus is coming. He's coming. No no question about it. Now, and I don't know. My question would be to ask you, where would Jesus find you if he came back today? Where would he find you? I'm not going to ask you what were you doing an hour ago or two hours. You know yourself what you were doing. But where would Jesus find you if he were to come back today? We'll be right back with more great gospel music right here, live from the NFI Studios, Raleigh, North Carolina, and Decatur, Georgia, right here on this wonderful Monday, February the 12th, 2020, right after this. In HD2, come on in. We've been expecting you. Catch the wave. Yo, 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 yo. You're in the mix. Catch the wave on the NFI, coming to you live in the studio of the NFI Gospel Network. The People's Station. Preach, preach, preach up. I know that's right. Can I get it in an amen? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Praise them. Holy Ghost DJ. It's your boy on the ones and tunes. Gospel flavor coming at you. 2027 Gospel Station. Keep it locked. That's how we do it around here. NFI. North Carolina. Georgia. California. New York. Seattle, Washington. Around the world. In studio. NFI. Gospel Network. The number one station in the world.
I want to give my best to you, do what you ask me to, go wherever you say, say the word, Lord, and I'll obey. I want to live a life that's real, serve you, Lord, for real. 
for you deserve all this and more. So I give you more, more. I give you more, more. Said I want to give.
Yeah. When I think about all the ways that you made, I want to give you more. When I think about how you spent my life, I want to give more. When I think about how you healed my body, I want to give more. When I think about the ways that you made, I want to give more. Come on, huh? When I think about your grace and your mercy, I want to give you He'll give him more. Come on, come on, come on, come on. He's, he's worthy of more than that. Oh, he's worthy of more than that. 
five minutes, five minutes before the top of the hour of 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And Jesus saves, huh? Jesus saves. Now, I, I don't know where you are this morning. Uh, are you just getting up or you're on your way to work or are you uh, preparing to get in the kitchen to fix you some breakfast this morning? But Jesus saves. And if you don't know that Jesus saved, the word of God let us know that God gave his only son for you and I, that we all may have a right to eternal life. Now, there's going to come a time that um, all of us is going to leave this earth. The word let us know that man that is born of a woman is surely to die. And after that is the judgment. We're all going to be judged uh, in that day and that time. Now, Jesus already know that we, we we were all born in sin. Uh, you can go back into the book of Genesis from uh, talking about Adam and Eve in the garden. And because of their disobedience, then sin came. And because of that, then that's where we ourselves have to repent. We have to come to Christ and ask God to forgive us for our sins. Now, every day there is something that each person does that they are not aware of. But every morning and every day, Lord, I, I ask you to forgive me for, for those things that, Lord, I don't even see that I'm doing wrong. I ask you to forgive me, God. Ask God to forgive you. You may not even realize something that you did. Now, um, so many things are out there today, uh, and and you might not even be aware. But if you're aware of it, then come out of it. I said, if you are aware of what you're doing and you know it's not pleasing in God's eyesight, come out of it. Don't say, well, I'll do it tomorrow, or I'll do it next week, I'll do it next month, I'll do it next year. Tomorrow's not promised. So if you today, I don't know where you are what you're doing, but I believe at this time there is somebody that's just tired of doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. That is insanity. And 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 what we call Prayer warriors, men and women of God, understand what we're dealing with. We're wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, uh, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. There is a war going on between good and evil. And the enemy, the devil, do not want you to get that that God has for you in this year. He wants to... Tap into your future to stop you from being blessed by God. So that's why we have to bind, decree, and declare in the name of Jesus that I'm the head, not the tail. I'm covered under the blood of Jesus. That no weapon formed against me shall prosper, even as my soul prosper, that I'll be in good health. Somebody said, uh, I know that's right. Well, look. This is not a time to be playing with the enemy. This is not a time to be playing with Satan because he's seeking whom he may devour. 
He's coming to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Christ came that we may have life that more and abundantly. Don't you want the abundance of Christ in your life? Don't you want to walk around and be happy? You know, you can be happy today and not have to wait to uh, enter into the kingdom. You can be happy today. I know it's a struggle at times, but you still can be happy. Because when you see that the enemy is coming at you, he don't want you to be happy. He wants to distract you and discourage you. He don't want you to be happy. He wants to steal your joy. Because he knows the joy of the Lord is your strength. So he don't want you to have any strength. Because when you have strength, guess what? You're going to be able to have power. And the power comes from God. And guess where God gives to his son that ye may prosper. (laughs) So what I'm saying to you today. There is a war going on between good and evil, and the devil is using anybody by means necessary that he can use. Now, many of you have heard of the situation and the incident that happened with uh, Pastor Joel Osteen Church on yesterday. Very unusual, but that's not one of the first incidents that's happened at that church. There was another occasion that Two ladies came in the church, and Pastor Osteen, Joel Osteen, was preaching, and these two women got up and began to script, take off their clothes right there in the middle of the aisle in the in the in the in the, in the uh, uh, facility there. So now look, the devil don't care where he's at. There's no place that the devil just don't feel like he can't get in. He's going to try to get in just like an ant will try to get into your home. He's going to try to find the, the closest way crack he can get in. Now, this lady yesterday came into the church. Many of you heard she had a, 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 a long a, a weapon, which was a rifle. And she had on a trench coat with a backpack, and she had a child with her. Think about this now. She had a child with her. She's walking in the church with a child and a trench coat and a backpack and the rifle beneath under her coat, trench coat, and walked in and pulled out the rifle and began to open fire. Do that seem like that's normal? No, it's not normal. This society, this day and time that we are living are perilous time. The word of God let us know that and many of you have been looking at it and some of you have been avoiding it even from uh, the book. Uh, uh, we, we can go from uh, Ephesians, we can go to Romans, we can go to Revelation. We can look at those scriptures in Revelation. And remember, the enemy, the devil himself, is doing everything he can because he knows his time is about up. And people in this life today are leaving this earth just like popcorn. They're leaving 
They're leaving. Jesus is soon to come, brothers. I don't know if that's you today, and, and maybe you heard me speak about it. And you've been feeling comfortable by walking and going into the sanctuary of your, the church of your choice. You, you've been feeling comfortable by going into some of these uh, uh, convenience stores and, and grocery stores and uh, Walmarts. And you've heard these incidents in the parking lot, inside the stores, inside the church, in the home, near the police station. Where are we today in this society? What is happening? What is going on? Why are people acting that way? That's your question, right? Why are they acting that way? Well, I'm going to come back with you, and I'm going to share scripture with you to let you know why they're acting like that. And I want you to open your Bible up, and I want you to see it with your own eyes when I come back. We're going to take a pause for the call for the station ID. When we come back, more gospel music coming up at the bottom of the hour, 9.30 a.m. this morning. It's that awesome preacher, teacher, powerful man of God. And those of you, I want you to tune in at the bottom of the hour. He's going to be with us live. I'm speaking of Reverend Robert E. Ellison out of Fort Washington, Maryland. Uh, He is the author and writer of the Biblical Insight of Coping with Chaos, and he's coming forth with Approaching the Finish Line radio broadcast at the bottom of the hour, 9.30 a.m. this morning. We'll be right back right after this. Reverend Robert E. Ellison from Fort Washington, Maryland, with Approaching the Finish Line radio broadcast. He'll be coming forth that at 9.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on the NF5 Radio Gospel Network. Be sure to tune in 2024, 9.30 a.m., 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Reverend Robert E. Ellison, he is the writer and author of The Biblical Insight of Coping with Chaos here on the NF5 Radio Gospel Network. Again, don't miss him right here at 9.30 a.m. or 9.30 a.m., 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I believe that God's about to pass out miracles like Jonah. You get a miracle here on the NF5 Radio Gospel Network. California, New York, Seattle, Washington, around the world, in studio, NFI Radio Gospel Network, the number one quartet station in the world. Get up now, you're gonna shake it 
It looks like you're gonna make it Cause I feel like things, I feel like things I Turn around, I turn around Yeah, she has. 
Minutes after the hour of 9 ELB Standard Time, what a wonderful, uh, it's uh, Monday, uh, February the 12th, 2024, as we give God all the praise, the glory, and the honor. Going down memory lane, the late, great Percy Griffin and the Swanee Quintet. And many of you are very familiar with uh, Percy Griffin uh, when he was with us, and uh, Percy was a he had a, 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 a great uh, sense of humor, and uh, if you didn't feel well or if you were a little down, if you got around Percy, Percy would say something that would make you smile or laugh. That's just how Percy was. Uh, he not only could sing, but he also uh, had that love, uh, expressing his love towards each and every one that he was around, and, and that's what we need today. We need love. We need love 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 in this society and everybody's walking around with their uh shoulders up and uh you know uh act it, it's just not a, a good uh it's not a good uh way of showing our youth our young people our grandchildren our children uh uh the way that we should be i know this is america supposed to be uh, a loving country, but something has happened to the love in this country. And I don't know where or what it is, but we need the love back. We need love back in this country. We need love back in this society. There's nobody higher than uh, another. There's nobody higher than another. God is the head of our life. And until uh, we understand that as individual, regardless of our creed or color uh, or our skin, then we're going to continually uh, act the way that we're acting. Somewhere, something has to change. And it's not going to be Democrat or Republican to make that happen. It's going to be us as individuals to make it happen. They can't make it happen. It's going to be us to make it happen. So uh, we got to rely and pray in Jesus' name and ask God to help us make this world a loving world instead of a world of bitterness, envy, strife, and hatred. Love is what we need today.
to tell me that serving God ain't worth my time. We're living in a brand new age, and that serving God is out of style. I don't let what people say make me want to change my mind. I can't speak for nobody else. God's been so testimony. How many know God will stand by your side? No matter what's going on, He will stand by your side. He brought me through dangerous scenes and unseen. Yeah. 
tell you. Listen. Trouble in the world and confusion. Trials on every hand. Disappointments and so much heartache. Sometimes, Lord, I just don't understand. But he promised me he'll never leave. Nor forsake me. And he'll always, always hold my hand. So I'm praying, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Listen. This is a mean world. It's a mean world that we're living in. Full of setbacks. And it's full of sin. Can I get a witness? Sometimes I feel like I'm losing. Oh, Lord. Even when... You told me I'm going to win. Can I get a witness? But this is what the Lord said to me. If you make one step, I'll make two. Because I always, I always pull you through. So I'm crying, Lord, hold on. Stand by my side. standing by your side. Wave your hand all over this room. Come on, how many know that Lord is standing by your side? He'll never leave you. And he won't, he won't, he won't, he won't. He won't, he won't, he won't. God won't forsake you. Fellas, fellas, come around. You know, there, there's a spirit in the house tonight that God wants to release.
spirit of deliverance. Somebody shout deliverance. Somebody shout healing. Somebody shout breakthrough. I don't care what the devil in hell is trying to tell you. I don't care how he's trying to disappoint you. I don't care how he's trying to discourage you. If you lean on Jesus, if you lean on Jesus, he'll fix that. He'll fix that. He'll fix that. Music at its best, and you're catching the wave. We are live right here from the NFI studios here at Raleigh, North Carolina, 28 minutes after the hour of 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's the sounds of Tim Woodson and the King of Harmonies right here on the NFI Radio Gospel Network. Look, we want to thank you again so much. For those of you that listen in right here, you can catch the wave seven days a week. That's Mondays through Sundays from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Simply join us on our website, nl5radio.com, or on Blog Talk Radio. And you can also join us on our Facebook page. That's right, the NL5 have a Facebook page where you can go to on Facebook and see all of these awesome men and women of God the time that they're scheduled to come forth and photos of them as well, as well as recording artist photos also at NFI Radio Gospel Network on Facebook. That's NFI Radio Gospel Network on Facebook. And don't forget to watch our NFI Television Gospel Broadcast every Saturday, 4 o'clock p.m., to 5 p.m. for the top 10 video countdown of the month out of Georgia at DeKalb Channel 25 or live stream us at D-E-K-A-L-B-25.com. Again, you can live stream us at D-E-K-A-L-B-25.com. Got more music coming your way up next, live right here. That awesome preacher, teacher, man of God is Reverend Robert E. Ellison out of Fort Washington, Maryland. 
with Approaching the Finish Line radio broadcast right after this. You're, you're, you're tuned into the stellar, stellar award internet radio station. You're at the right place at the right time. The NFI coming to you live from Raleigh, North Carolina. Hold up. Wait just a minute. It's the anointed one. on your radio. Yo. Keep it locked right here. Showcase fellowship inspired. Show, 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 show. Welcome back, welcome back. We are live from the NFI studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina, and it is 9.30 a.m. on this wonderful Monday morning. Standing by that awesome preacher, teacher, man of God, and you all are ready to receive him on this Monday. I'm speaking of Reverend Robert E. Ellison. He is the author and writer of the biblical insight of coping with chaos out of Fort Washington, Maryland, with Approaching the Finish Line radio broadcast. And now, let's join him right here, live from the NFI studios. Good morning, and welcome back, Reverend Ellison, to the broadcast. Thank you so much for having me, Reverend Kearney. I can't wait to get started on today's broadcast. Well, welcome, welcome once again to the Approaching the Finish Line broadcast. My name is Robert Ellison, and I'll be coming to you over the next 30 minutes with a word from God, and I just can't wait. I tell you, uh, my last broadcast, uh, I kind of laid the groundwork for what you could expect coming from me uh, in the content, and today we're going to begin with that. Uh, I spoke last week of the topic being uh, the sons of God and the daughters of men, but we're going to get to that, but right now I want to open the broadcast with a reading from Psalm 2. And it it reads, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointing, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. What this is talking about is a world has rejected God. What these verses are saying to us is that they're the kings of the earth, the rulers, the people that are in charge of things, and what they're doing is coming against the word of God. Uh, They're trying to suppress the truth. It's the truth that sets us free. And those who have been set free by the Son are free indeed. My friends, what I'm speaking to you about is the rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that not going on in our world today? Even though this is an Old Testament reading, it's relevant for us today. So what I have for you today, oh, there's so much to talk about, so little time as usual. 
I'm a man on a mission, that mission to be salt and light in a dying world. And I am here to occupy until he comes. Who is he? He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the great I Am, the one who was, who is, and is to come. He is the one who created all things, whether they be powers, principalities, thrones, or dominions, all things above the earth, all things beneath the earth. There was not anything created except it was created by him. He is the one who spoke the very worlds into existence. He is the one that the whole entire, with the entirety of the Bible speaks of, from Genesis to Revelation. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus is the first and the last. He's the beginning and the end. Jesus will always be the center of my conversation. I hope he's the center of yours. There's a lot in the news. Yesterday, you may have heard of the shooting that took place at Lakewood Church there in Houston, Pastor Joel Osteen's church. Uh, a young lady between the ages of 30 and 35, I think it was reported, into the church wearing a trench coat, carrying a long gun, as it was reported, uh, with a backpack, and attempted to, I, I believe, draw her weapon. And two off-duty police officers drew and fired on her, uh, killing the assailant. Uh, there was a young child with her who was wounded, sadly. Uh, to my knowledge, that child is still in critical condition in the hospital. And I would hope that we would all pray for that child, for the, the officers that responded, a traumatic event for all involved. Pray for the families. Pray for all of the people there at that church. Uh, while that's happening, earthquakes. Earthquakes are popping up all over the world. There was an earthquake just this past week that took place uh, just outside of uh, Cape Kennedy, Cape Canaveral uh, in Florida, and it was about 100 miles out. But it was a 4.0 earthquake, and it surprised a lot of people out there in down in Florida because something like that had they had never experienced. At the same time last week, there was also another earthquake that took place in Malibu, California. I think that was a 4.6 as recorded, uh, and it kind of shook some things up. Volcanic activity going on all over the world. Unexplained upheavals in the earth. I'm going to keep speaking on these things because it's important for you to know the times that we're living in. God is trying to get the world's attention. He's trying to get the world's attention as to what's about to happen. We're living in the shadow of an event that's soon to take place. It's called the tribulation period. The Bible speaks of it as the 70th week uh, of Daniel or the time of Jacob's trouble. Uh, it has to do with the salvation of the Jews. 
Jesus spoke of these things coming, and they would come with more frequency and intensity as his coming uh, draws even nearer. So you're not going to hear a lot of the things that I talk about in the mainstream media because the mainstream media is part of the entity that's suppressing the truth. Lots of activity going on in Europe. Um, The farmers are outraged in Europe. Their, uh, Their farms are being taken from them. Hundreds of thousands of people all over the European continent are protesting what is going on. Now, as the farmers lose their land, what do you think that means for you and I? Uh, What do you think that means for the world? This is right now it's going on in Europe, but it's also taking place here in the United States where farmland is being brought up uh, by the thousands of acres, and it's being replaced by people with ideas that are not necessarily lined up with the Bible. What am I talking about? Uh, I'm talking about people that have their designs on how the world should go. I'm talking about people that do not recognize God as being God. And so they're trying to replace things that God had put in place for man to live and replace it with their own version, how things should go. So I'm going to be talking about quite a few things on this broadcast. I'm just getting started, but I haven't forgotten what our topic is for this week, sons of God, daughters of men. I'm still going to get to that, but before I do, I want to uh, give a, a quick commentary on what's going on this week. And this week, we're in a couple of days, we're coming close to Valentine's Day. And as such, many people will no doubt scurry about seeking to find that perfect gift to express their love for that special person in their life. The pandemonium of the season reminds us that Valentine's Day is soon approaching. The usual gifts of the season are represented through roses, chocolates, a customary meal and celebration of this festive event. I'm reminded of a time in the distant past when God sent to me a young woman that would eventually become the love of my life. It happened on this very date in February of 1979. And I know I'm dating myself, but that's okay. I remember this date well because I met her just two days prior to her birthday. And that just happens to be on Valentine's Day. Yes, uh, my beloved was a Valentine baby, born on the very day that the world uh, represents love by. Surely, to me, she was a gift from God, as I was blessed to have been given a vision of her some five years prior to our meeting. Yes, God gave me a vision of her five years before we met. One could say that 
she was literally the woman of my dreams, the very image that God brought to me in that vision. I served as a young Marine in those days. My deployments kept us apart from each other. But despite the obstacles, my thoughts were constantly on her. And I realized that my heart had been taken captive by this magnificent woman of beauty. She was beautiful inside and out. Eventually, we would marry and raise a family together, enduring the trials and tribulations of this present life. When God said to Adam, it's not good that the man should be alone, I will make for him a helper, he had me in mind. My beloved wife, Rhonda, was my perfect mate. I speak in the past tense because in March of 2019, God saw fit to call Rhonda home to be with him. Naturally, I was devastated behind her loss. But throughout the pain, the sorrow, the grief, God has given me an eternal perspective. My loss was instrumental in changing the course of my ministry. Today, Valentine's Day has taken on a different meaning for me. While I can cherish the memories of love and laughter spent with my queen, the love of my life, I'm reminded that as wonderful and magnificent as that time was, it is but one love story amid many throughout history that are contained within the greatest love story of all time. What is it, you may ask? The answer lies in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is the very heart of the gospel. God and Jesus Christ willingly took on human flesh to die for our sins, even while we were yet sinners. For the penalty of sin is death. So he did this so we could spend eternity with him. It is the epitome of an unconditional love that we can scarcely comprehend. Because of his tremendous sacrifice, we have the promise of a resurrection that will one day take place. When all whom we have loved that have fallen asleep or died in Christ shall live again. I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning, but someone needs to hear this message. There will be a resurrection. It's coming. It's near. And it's because of Jesus and the blood that he shed, innocent blood, precious blood. It's why we can have hope. The apostle Paul says, Though we grieve, we do not grieve as those who have no hope. It's because of that hope that I'm here speaking to you this morning. It's a promise of God, the resurrection. In conclusion, speaking from my own perspective, of course, Valentine's Day should not be viewed as merely a day set aside for chocolates and roses honoring those we love, but rather remembering the one who first loved us.
quite frankly, the festive day created to represent love is not representative of that at all. For love is a person. And God blessed me with Rhonda as a preview of greater things to come. I'm talking about the one who created us, the one who brought us together, the one whose presence she's even in right now. He made the two of us as one. Yes, my friends, love is a person, and his name is Jesus. That's my commentary for this week. And now, before we begin today's lesson, would you please join me in a moment of prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day that you have made, and I shall continue to rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Lord, for waking me and placing me in my right in my right mind. Now, Father, I ask in Jesus' name today that you would anoint me afresh, O oh God, in order that I may bring forth this word from you, Lord. Let it not be of myself, Father, but let it be all you. Father, I pray that you will open up the the eyes of our understanding. Give us ears that we may hear. Let those who have an ear hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And may your name be glorified. May the name of Jesus be exalted. And it is in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. My friends, this morning, our lesson will be on the sons of God and the daughters of men. I don't believe that I'm going to have time to get through the entire lesson, so we may have to go into a part two because I'm constantly keeping an eye on the clock, and I don't want to overstep my time. So with that being said, looking into Genesis chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Genesis chapter 6, where we find we are in the days of Noah. It's what's called the antediluvian period. This was the days before the flood. And what I'm going to speak to you today about is a very controversial subject, and it's been debated for centuries. I like taking on the hard stuff. Uh, This is what I did when I was in seminary, where I would sometimes challenge the professors as to what was being taught, because I wanted to get a full understanding of what they were saying. And so let me bring this to you today. What I'm about to tell you, I'm about to take you into a world of the unseen. This is about sight. This is about minds. This is a place that is mysterious to many. No, this is not the twilight zone, but this is in your Bible. 
And Genesis chapter 6 begins with this. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. The very first verse is a continuous sentence. It speaks of men as they began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters that were born unto them. There's a reason why I stop. There's a reason why I say that this is one continuous sentence because what I'm going to show you or uh, I'm, I'm laying the groundwork now is what I'm doing. So before I read any further passages, I want to I speak to you about two bishops, one in particular uh, whose name was Augustine was the Bishop of Hippo. This was back in 385 BCE. This was around the third century. So this is, this is uh, in the early part of the church. Augustine was the Bishop of, of Hippo. It was a North African content, uh, continent. And he was very well known for his time. Uh, he had received his training in Italy, and so he had certain views that he espoused. He was a philosopher. He was a doctor, uh, and he was very well known. And he was also of the Catholic Church. Another man by the name of Jerome, who was credited with translating the Bible from uh, Latin to the the English what the English version. He gave us what's known as the Latin Vulgate. So Jerome was instrumental in the translation of the Bible. I'm sorry, he translated it from the Latin to English. He was he was very instrumental in that translation, and so was or Augustine. They had a particular view. That view was called the Sethite view. And it comes from that very first uh the Genesis chapter six, where they believed that the sons of God were the the sons of Seth. The righteous. Uh Seth was the offspring of Adam, and because of that, they had acquired a certain view of what these passages refer to. Well, Jerome also believed what Augustine believed, the Sethite view. So let me make some points, first of all, about the Sethite view. The words men and daughters make no reference to either Cain nor Seth, but instead it speaks in general terms of men and daughters. There are two views on Genesis chapter 6. The other view is the angel view. The angel view has to do with the unseen. That is the part that is mysterious because it had to do with fallen angels procreating 
with human women. And so a lot of people can't take hold of that. They, they just can't comprehend that because what a lot of people have come to, to know or, or to, to think in the church is that there's no way that angels could procreate. They, they just don't do that. They can't. Some people think that angels have no way, uh, no distinction. They're neither male nor female. But in the Bible, when angels appeared, they all appeared as males when they took human form. Interesting. So Genesis chapter 6, and I'll read on, verse 2, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Dissect this verse. The word, the phrase, sons of God. From the original Hebrew translation uh, comes a word. It's, uh, it's called Beneha Elohim. And it always refers to a direct creation of God, such as angels. And Adam. You see, Adam was made in the image of God. He was the first man. He was a direct creation of God. There is a verse in the book of Job, and it's, it's not controversial. It's, it's pretty straightforward. But in that book of Job, there's a meeting that takes place in the second chapter of Job. And it reads, again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. That phrase, sons of God. Now, Job is one of the oldest books of the old of the of the of the Bible. So that phrase sons of God it couldn't refer to Seth. It couldn't refer to the descendants of Seth. It's Beneha Elohim. It's the angels. There was a meeting that took place in the second chapter of Job, and it was between the angels. And Satan was present at that meeting. A lot of the church, this is overlooked. It's not given the attention that it needs. But there is a reason for what I'm telling you. And in the, in the coming broadcast, I'll get to the point. But the point is, is that we are battling right now. We're in a war. And the war is between forces that are above us, and there are also forces that are here on the earth. A lot of people believe or they think that 
hell is populated now and to a certain extent to a certain degree yes but the angels that fell in Genesis chapter 6 are not all of them are not in hell as referenced through a verse that I just read to you Job in the second chapter so let's read on and the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. Verse 4, there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. Therein lies the controversy. Giants, did you say? The word giants, the translation the, from the original language, the Hebrew language, is Nephilim. So we could read this as there were Nephilim in the, in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God, the Beneha Elohim, came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them. Oh, whoa, that's really deep. And as I'm watching the clock, I'm seeing that my time is almost up. But I'm going to keep going until I hear the music. That's my cue that, that I've run out. So we, we look at this as fallen. We, hit, we see the fallen angels. They have come down. They took women to be wives. They went unto them or they had sexual relations with them. And they, the women bear children to them. So the Sethite view tries to negate the angel view, but there's problems with the Sethite view. There's no evidence in the Bible that support the Sethite view at all. The Sethite view is largely conjecture, and it's due to a lack of biblical evidence. Seth was made in the likeness of his father, Adam, which means that he took on the likeness of fallen man, unlike Adam, who was a direct creation of God, or Beneha Elohim. Only direct creations of God referred to as the sons of God. So there's a lot, my friends, that I, I hope to expose or to bring out to you in the next broadcast. Because what I have to tell you concerning these giants or these Nephilim, which there cannot be any other explanation for, there was a genetic interference that took place in man himself. And there was a reason for that. 
And it had to do with Satan trying to stop the what was talked about in Genesis 3.15, the very uh, first prophetic statement that was made. Uh, and it had to do with the seed of the woman. It had to do with God's overall plan for Israel. And it has to do with God's overall plan of salvation. I hope you'll join me next week when we will continue this discussion on the sons of God and the daughters of men. Thank you for listening, my friends. Until next time, I look forward to speaking with you. God bless. You've been listening to Reverend Robert E. Ellison out of Fort Washington, Maryland with Approaching the Finish Line radio broadcast. Be sure to join him every Monday, 9.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on the NFI Radio Gospel Network. I got a race to run, and I'm running by faith to the finish line where I see God's face.
Does that touch me? That will touch of my God's grace. Tell me, tell me, I want to know, I want to know. Did he touch you? Did he touch you? Somebody cried out, early one Monday. How about Monday? Monday's all right. Just one my day. Somebody else said Tuesday. How about Tuesday? Tuesday's all right. But it wasn't my day. Somebody cried when? How about when? How about when? When is all right? It just wasn't my day. How about Thursday? How about Thursday? Thursday's all right. But it wasn't my day. What can I tell you? My day, y'all. Can I tell you? My day, y'all. One Friday. One Friday. Late one Friday. One Friday evening. And I was sitting there when I felt something. Something moving on my right side. And when I looked around, something was moving on my left side. And when I looked down, my had started moving, and when I turned to hold my feet, my hand wouldn't be still. Felt like running, felt like running. Did it touch you? Did it touch you? One day after finishing school, I was called to a little church down in Montgomery, Alabama. I started preaching there. Things were going well in that church. It was a marvelous experience. But one day, a year later, a lady by the name of Rosa Parks decided that she wasn't going to take it any longer. She stayed on a bus seat. You may not remember it because it's way back now, several years, but it was the beginning of a movement where 50,000 black men and women refused absolutely to ride the city buses, and we walked together for 381 days. (laughs) That's what we got to learn in the North. Negroes have to learn to stick together. We stuck together. We sent out the call. No Negro rode the buses. It was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. The people of Montgomery asked me to serve as the spokesman. And as the president of the new organization, the Montgomery Improvement Association that came into being, to lead the boycott. I couldn't say no. Then we started our struggle together. Things were going well for the first few days, but then about 10 or 15 days later after the white people in Montgomery knew that we meant business, they started doing some nasty things. 
They started making nasty telephone calls and came to the point that some days more than 40 telephone calls would come in threatening my life, the life of my family, the life of my children. I took it for a while in a strong manner. But I never will forget one night very late. It was around midnight. And you can have some strange experiences at midnight. I had been out meeting with the steering committee all that night. And I came home. My wife was in the bed and I immediately crawled into bed to get some rest, to get up early the next morning to try to keep things going. And immediately the telephone started ringing and I picked it up. On the other end was an ugly voice. That voice said to me in substance, nigger, we are tired of you and your mess now. And if you aren't out of this town in three days, we're going to blow your brains out and blow up your house. I had heard these things before, but for some reason that night it got to me. I turned over and I tried to go to sleep, but I couldn't sleep. Frustrated, bewildered. And then I got up and went back to the kitchen and I started warming some coffee, thinking that coffee would give me a little relief. And then I started thinking about many things. I pulled back on the theology and philosophy that I had just studied in the universities trying to give philosophical and theological reasons for the existence and the reality of sin and evil. But the answer didn't quite come there. I sat there and thought about a beautiful little daughter who had just been born about a month earlier. We have four children now, but we only had one then. She was the darling of my life. I'd come in night after night and see that little gentle smile. And I sat at that table thinking about that little girl and thinking about the fact that she could be taken away from any minute. And I started thinking about a dedicated, devoted, and loyal wife who was over there asleep. She could be taken from me. I could be taken from her. And I got to the point that I couldn't take it any longer. I was weak. And something said to me, you can't call on daddy now. He's up in Atlanta, 175 miles away. You can't even call on mama now. You've got to call on that something and that person that your daddy used to tell you about. That power that can make a way out of no way. And I discovered then 
that religion had to become real to me and I had to know God for myself. And I bowed down over that cup of coffee. I never will forget it. Oh, yes, I prayed a prayer. And I prayed out loud, loud that night. I said, Lord, I'm down here trying to do what's right. I think I'm right. I think the cause that we represent is right. But Lord, I must confess that I'm weak now, I'm faltering, I'm losing my courage. It seemed at that moment that I could hear an inner voice saying to me, Martin Luther, stand up for righteousness. Stand up for justice. Stand up for truth. And lo, I will be with you even until the end of the world. I tell you, I've seen the lightning flash. I've heard the thunder roll. I've felt sin breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. But I heard the voice of Jesus saying, still to fight on. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. No, never alone. No, never alone. He promised never to leave me. Never to leave me alone. Sometimes I feel discouraged. I don't mind telling you this morning that sometimes I feel discouraged. I felt discouraged in Chicago. As I moved through Mississippi and Georgia and Alabama, I feel discouraged. Living every day under the threat of death, I feel discouraged sometimes. Living every day under extensive criticism, even from Negroes, I feel discouraged sometimes. Yes, sometimes I feel discouraged and feel my works in vain. But then the Holy Spirit revives my soul again. There is a bomb in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a bomb in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. God bless you.
Bye. 
Okay, here we go. Prank phone call. Hey, we got, you know, we're going to try to do something for, you know, like Lil Down. Okay, Lil Down. Yeah. Okay, let's right. try it. Here we go. We're going to call. I'm going to go ahead and dial a number now. Okay. Hello, I'm trying to reach a Mr. Wilson Campbell. This Wilson Campbell, how you doing? Who's this? Uh, how you doing? Uh, my name is Brother Springwater, man. Listen, we uh, we, we we got uh, paid to actually come by and do some services to uh, for for you by some friends of yours, and we wanted to actually call and see about scheduling and see what you had available. Uh, some some, some my services. Well, y'all plan on cutting some grass? What uh, what y'all do? What kind of services y'all have? Actually, sir, you've got some friends that have actually spent a great amount of money on you. And what we do is um, we have a um, baptismal on wheels service. And what we do is we go and we um, we baptize people uh, at their home. And, and baptismal on wheels has been it's a new um, company, but we've, we've baptized over a 1,000 people now. We have a, a truck with it, which actually has a baptismal pool on the back of it. And we actually come to your home, and we will baptize you in your driveway, and and make you whole again. So we, uh, uh, bro, bro, excuse me, bro, brother Water, brother Spring, what, what's your name again? I'm sorry, I didn't, Spring Water, brother. Spring Water, Spring Water. You want to come to my house and give me a baptism in my front yard? We want to baptize you right there in your driveway. Your friends are paid for the services. And my, uh, my friend, what friend will pay for me to get baptized? Man, I've been baptized already, doc. Well, from my understanding, sir, that evidently you you had some some bumps and bruises, and 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 they seem to uh, to believe that you need to be washed and cleaned I mean, again. I mean, that's all good. That's all. That's all. It's all good. But I mean, things. Are, I mean, thing. Be that mad, uh, that it may, man. I mean, I I've been baptized. I go to church. You know, uh, uh, me and the Lord don't have no problems. I mean, we all have setbacks. But for you to pull up with your pool in front of my house to say you finna baptize me, that that doesn't make any sense to me, Doc. I mean... Well, see, see uh, sir, sometimes when some people are not able to go to the house of the Lord and get baptized, you know, we're making it a lot more convenient for you. But we can I actually don't need no convenience. I don't need no convenience. What do I need convenience for? You asking me to come to my house on a Tuesday to baptize me in my driveway, does that make any sense to you, Brother Water? I mean, come on. If you really sit back and think about it, does that make any sense to you? First of all, sir, that 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 that's Brother Springwater. But what Brother I'm trying to what I'm trying to any say is that any type of water is holy water, spring water. It doesn't make no difference to me. You can't come to my neighborhood and baptize me in front of my sir, house, sir, sir. What is all the anger? Cool water. See, this is this is what your friends are talking about. That, Anybody, which, which one of my friends gonna recommend you to come to my? I'm not. I'm not at any liberty to tell you who actually. Uh, hey, hold up, but you're in the liberty to baptize me, but you can't tell me I go see you. But you're not in liberty. What type, man? Come on, you don't even. Come on, does that make sense to you, Doc? Come on, that doesn't make any. No way in the world I'm gonna allow you to come and bring your food to the house and baptize me. Then I'm asking you as, and you you supposed to be a pastor. You're supposed to be baptized. I'm asking you, okay, what friend of mine is telling you to, you know, letting you know. I need to be baptized. You're out of liberty? Sir, sir, all I want to know, uh, basically, you, I've already been paid. Schedule You're not on, baptizing me. I've been baptized. I'm going to baptize you on Tuesday in your driveway. Man, I'll tell you In front of my driveway, you better bring the whole congregation. You understand? You better bring the deacons, the brothers, the sisters, and everybody else. If you think I'm going to be baptized. This is the problem. This is what your friends are talking about. This is why you need to be baptized and cleansed again and washed in the blood of the Lamb. This is what's wrong. You need to be cleansed. 
That's what's wrong with you, Mr. Wilton. What's wrong with me? No, what's wrong with you is calling me in the middle of my work day telling me I need to be baptized in front of my house. If I need to be baptized and go get some holy water, I go down to the church. I don't need you coming in front of my house with all your friends and some white sheets talking about you want to baptize me. From my, understanding, from my understanding, Mr. Wilton, you've missed two Sundays already this month. Two Sundays? So, man, I can go anywhere and get the one. I don't need you coming here because you're telling me I missed two minutes. Sunday too, because the football game coming on. Sir, all I know is I've been paid to do a job. I will be there Tuesday morning at 7 o'clock, and we will baptize you before you go to work on Tuesday morning. I tell morning. you what. I tell you what. You bring you, your deacons, and everybody else. And all of this anger and all of this, this, these problems you have within you, we are going to purge your body and get it out your system. I tell you what. Pastor Wilson with True Community Church in Solid City, North Carolina. You're listening to the NFI Radio Gospel Network in Raleigh, North Carolina. Catch the wave. In HD2. Come on in. We've been expecting you. Catch the wave. Fellas, I want to go back to an old James Cleveland song that fits the mighty clouds tonight. Out of all our traveling, all of the things we've been through, we're still not tired. Fellas, y'all help me sing just a little bit of this one. Hallelujah. All we need to praise in the night. along the other day looking back over our lives our ups and our downs we, we, we were reminded of the time in Chicago when we had no money and no food to eat 36 years later somebody asked me just the other day Joe if you had to do it all over again what would you do I thought about it a little while and I had to give him an answer what I told them.
be alright Did you count the ways that he brought you through? I finding him to be somebody's mother Even when your brother turned his back on you Keep looking to the hills from which come your help He knows just what you need When you get in trouble, don't call nobody else
of what you've done Testimonies of the battles you've won I searched for solutions and I couldn't find one So if you don't do it, it can't be done I see mountains that they said couldn't move Checking the mail when the bills are due Never met a problem you could not solve If you don't do it